You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert, Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. Listen, have you ever thought about how today, more than ever, we've got gyms popping up left and right. We've got yoga studios. We've got the bar method, all right? We've got uh, ninja training facilities, all right? We've got so many different things. We've got an immense amount of diet books, right? Cookbooks. Now, more than ever, it's just a plethora of options to choose from, yet there's a parallel with the greatest time of struggle with disease, with obesity happening at the same time. How is this even possible? We've got access to so much and yet we've accomplished as a society so little. And today we're gonna address that. We're gonna talk about what's really going on behind the scenes because I'll tell you right now, one of the big pieces is we're missing the right information. You know, there's so much access to information, but there are some pieces missing, right? Together, all of us are trying to put together our own unique puzzle, right? To create our own lives. And sometimes, I don't know if you've ever done a puzzle and you're missing that one piece. It's so annoying, right? It hurts your heart. Like this one piece is somewhere and maybe they didn't put it in the box or maybe one of your kids ran off with it. Whatever the case might be, you want that puzzle piece because it completes everything. All right, and today we're talking about puzzle pieces. So we're gonna be talking about strength. We're gonna be talking about mobility. We're gonna talk about body transformation. All right, one of the top people in the game. Before we do that, I want to give a quick shout out to our show sponsor, Onnit.com, because this is where I met this guy. Onnit's not only a powerhouse of nutrition and fitness, but it's a hub of game-changing individuals. You know, they've got some of the top athletes in the world training there. They've got uh, access to some of the greatest minds in in sport and in fitness and in nutrition, all just hanging out there. At Ana. And big shout out to those guys down in Austin. And so this is where I met this individual. But the reason that I fell in love with Ana, and I would tell people this, if I was to create a supplement company, they do many of the things that I would do. You know, this is the way that I would go about it. They're using earth-grown nutrients for their supplements. So they're not using synthetic fricasseed, fried, boiled, uh, steam-dried, oiled, extracted methane gas. And I, I know this stuff sounds maybe a little bit crazy. Like, what is he talking about methane gas? That's one of the major extraction methods for the common whey protein supplements out there. They're literally using methane. That's that's explosive stuff. And it's one of the nicknames we used to call whey protein back in the day as gas and blast. But that's not good. That's not good for you. And so we're getting away from all that. That model is old. Today, we're really tuning into things that are viable. First of all, grown properly, right? Uh, organic. Uh, fair trade, all of those things that are really important with sustainability for not just our bodies, but for our planet and for our communities. All right, so check that box. Also, again, earth grow nutrients, check that box, but also the formulations. This is where they really set themselves apart. Right now, I'm really digging the recovery protein. All right, this features something that I've been using for years and I've been telling people about, which is colostrum. All right. Colostrum is one of the most powerful foods known. It might be the perfect food. All right. This has every single amino acid, every essential fatty acid, every single polysaccharide or essential sugar. You probably never heard like essential sugar. I thought sugar's bad. Not polysaccharides. No, this is a whole different category. Polysaccharides actually help to improve cellular communication in your body. And uh, many of the smart drugs and new kind of frontier looking at medicine and treating illnesses are looking at the power that polysaccharides provide, all right? All of that is in 
uh, the colostrum, which is just one of the great ingredients that's found in the recovery protein. So we've also got the BCAAs, the stuff that you're looking for, you know, little creatines in there. But again, all of this is from Earth Grow Nutrients. Definitely recommend checking them out. All right, they've got um, different hemp proteins as well. They've got the Shroom Tech Sport, Shroom Tech Immune. They utilize medicinal mushrooms. They've got the Alpha Brain. They've got incredible fitness equipment. Listen, if you're not on it, it's time to get on it. Head over, check them out. It's onnit.com forward slash model. That's onnit.com forward slash model. And you're going to get 10% off of everything. All right, head over there and check them out. And on that note, let's get to the iTunes review of the week. Another five-star review titled, You Leveled Up with Self-Love by Lori Hoy. I have been listening to the Model Health Show for nearly two years now. This by far was the best episode. Your raw and real presentation of your journey as a young man instantly spoke to my heart. As an educator, I try to instill in my students the importance of accepting others just as they are and to believe that they have the ability to change the world and how others are viewed light-skinned, dark-skinned, female, or whatever label society has deemed representative of a particular group. Your words really affected me today, like on the verge of ugly cry. I believe everyone has a story to share that can help others heal their own wounds. Yours certainly put me in motion to share mine. Thank you for continuing to be a bright spot in my morning to have others' best interests in mind above and beyond your own. You, my friend, are the real deal. Much love. Wow, thank you so much for leaving that review for me. Uh, Wow, I truly appreciate that. And it really does mean a lot because that episode was very, very important to me personally. And the impact has been crazy. I've never seen a response like that. You know, in all the, like we're almost at 300 shows and we do these master classes. When we do a show, we really create something that's a definitive guide on this subject matter. And a topic like self-love and self-care is complicated because it's not something that's really talked about, you know, in in popular media and also just in our culture where uh, it's something that, you know, is often just kind of brushed under the table. And to bring some science behind it and also related to our health and our relationships and all those things, I think it was a great encapsulation of that. And thank you so much for that acknowledgement. Uh, Again, it really does mean a lot for me. And everybody, please head over to iTunes and leave me that review if you've yet to do so. It'll just take a few seconds and it would mean the world to me. All right, I appreciate it. And on that note, let's get to our special guest and our topic of the day. Our guest today is the one and only Luca Hosevar. And Luca was born and raised in Slovenia and gives credit to sport, fitness, and coaches in taking his life from the streets to playing basketball from high school to the pros, where he also played in Europe as well as the NBA Summer Pro League. It's a dope story, I can't wait to share it. And this led to a lifelong passion in fitness where over a decade ago, he co-founded Vigor Ground, which is the most successful performance gym in Slovenia. Now, after moving to Seattle, where he's currently at now, Luca had to start from ground zero, working at commercial big box gyms, health clubs, and small gym chains, to starting a garage gym that has become a cult classic in the area now. Man, it's just like, guys, you got to check him out on Instagram. Such an incredible gym. And he grew that, which is known now as Vigor Ground Fitness and Performance, into what it is today. And it's one of the most recognized fitness performance and transformation facilities in the U.S., integrating fitness, performance, nutrition coaching, behavior change, physical therapy, a fit bar, and a recovery 
uh, work all under the same roof. Luca and Vigor Ground have been featured in Men's Health Magazine, Stack Magazine, On It Magazine, Entrepreneur Magazine, Precision Nutrition, as well as CBS, Fox, and King 5 as Seattle's top fitness expert. And I'd like to welcome to the Model Health Show my friend, Luca. What's up, man? What's going on, brother? Happy to have uh, you I'm here, so man. I'm so happy to be here. No. Uh, not in, not in a state that I'm in, but I'm happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, first thing I want to put out there for everybody, you are the most traveled human I've ever met. You know, you're not afraid to like hop on a plane, get somewhere, get in person and connect. What was the inspiration? Like, why do you do that? You I just want to know, it's, man. I think you you mentioned the word there is, is, is connect. You know, and that started, I mean, it started a long time ago when I really had this drive to, you know, to learn. And, you know, even when I was still in Slovenia, we didn't have seminars, we didn't have all this stuff, right? So, I mean, I had to either order books or DVDs or whatever. But what I started doing was flying out to places, to London, and, you know, I'd go to a seminar in, in Newcastle, or I'd fly out to, you know, the U.S., wherever I could, one, to learn, and two, to connect with the people that were doing the things that I, that I wanted to do and what I, what I wanted to know. Yeah. So then it kind of became, you know, when I would do that, I started finding out, man, I get so much more from connecting somebody face to face and going there and like learning by doing, you know, versus just, you know, staying where I'm at, yeah. that got hooked on it. And so that became kind of the, I would say the catalyst for my travel, you know, combining experiences with education. And I think that's, yeah. you know, I think relationships, experiences, education, some of the top three things like you can do for yourself, period. I don't care, you know, what, what arena you, you, you live in or your careers. in. I think that's one of the greatest things that you can do. So, so now it's like every opportunity I get, or if, if I don't have an opportunity, I create one, you yeah. know, is I'll just, I'll, I'll make it happen. So, so I travel a lot because of that. Yeah. I love that, man. I love that about you. You know, I was speaking at an event in, um, in Vancouver, Vancouver right. Yeah, yeah. And you just popped up from Seattle to come and hang out with me. And that like, that means a lot, you know, and also of course we get the experience, we get to connect, we get to talk about, you know, business and plans and impact and all the stuff that we talk about. And also, you know, like just going to that particular event, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, I love that, that you combine the, all those together and having education as an underpinning, you know? And I think it's really valuable for people to really like let that sink in, like get yourself in that environment because there are a few things that are more powerful than that. And so again, that's why you're here as well in St. Louis with me. I thank you again for coming out to My hang pleasure, out with me. Man. So let's talk about your story, man. You know, you shared this with me before and I was like, man, I had no idea. So <laughs> Slovenia, like... How did you, like, first of all, let's just, you know, I want to be real, man. Like, yeah. what were, you, like, you were into some things, you know, before you actually made the jump and started to get serious about basketball, so. It, well, it was it. it was kind of parallel, actually, because, you know, I played ball, I, I was in sports, like, most of my life, but I started playing basketball, like, really seriously at 11, meaning, you know, everyday practice with one of the top teams called Olympia, you know, like, we, five, six, seven days a week, you're doing two and a half hour practices. So that was, like, from the age of 11. But, you know, also like we, when I was seven, I moved to London when I came back, uh, when I was 11 years old. And that was like right when the war happened, like post-war. And luckily, you know, Slovenia was, had a very short stint with the war. Um, whereas Croatia, Bosnia, you know, Serbia and Albania, that was like a lot worse. But in, in, so in that time frame, my dad stayed in, in, um, in England, we came back, right? So, so I have two other brothers, I'm a mom. And I was pretty much like, you know, youngest, youngest brother, knucklehead you know mm -hmm. back in back then they would for sure tell me i'm adhd you know give me every pill possible um but really i was just man I, I was just always trying to figure stuff out i was always curious you know school uh 
I mean, I'd go to school, but it was one of those things yeah. where I was doing everything else I, you know, imaginable. And, and that's what kind of veered me off into, you know, some areas that um, weren't the best, you know, the best for me, should I say. But, you know, looking back now, I, I don't necessarily, uh, you know, it taught me a lot, right? So, and I got into, you know, first it was smaller things, but it was, it was crime. And, and that was actually, for quite a while, I was involved in that um, while I was still playing. Right. But in, at a certain point in time, especially because I would say the most involved I started getting was when I was 15, 16 years old, all the way through 18 plus. Um, and, and that's when I was also, I would say, the best, obviously, at basketball. Um, and so many things started happening that, uh, you know, I went to um, Eastern Invitational, which is basically in, in New Jersey. And we went with our team from Slovenia. It was supposed to be this hey, we're going to have a great experience, you know, to, to show you guys how stuff is outside and how it is in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was pumped about it, but I never had the thought process of I'm going to move to the U.S., I'm going to do college in the U.S., right? Mm-hmm. And I had an incredible experience there. And one of the coaches said, hey, man, have you ever thought about going to college, you know, in the U.S.? And I was like, ah, ah, not really, because my whole thought process was I'm going to go pro. You saw, you know, and this whole time I'm like, I'm going to go pro, but at the same time I'm also in the streets doing a lot of crazy stuff. Um, and... Basically, when I got back, that that year was very crazy for me in, in all types of ways. I was I was playing and practicing the most I ever had, but also um, you know a lot of things started happening on that side of things with you know people I knew getting uh, I would say let's say arrested or interrogated. I mean there was just so much stuff going on. A lot of stuff happened to me where I was like, wow, okay, like this is real. This is real. Like what you know where do I go from here? You know my my coach in basketball was like, hey, listen man, I know what you're doing. You know, there's really two paths here. You either go this way or you go that way. You know, yeah. one leads to you being able to play ball or go to college, you know, get school. The other one, like, you know where it's going to go. And I had this big kind of like realization. Um, and so that, that coach from Eastern Invitational kept following up with me. He said, hey, Luca, come up, man. Come up next year. Do another Eastern Invitation with me. Come to Denver, train with me. His name was Wayne Jones. Um, and as those crazy things start happening, I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to go up there and just give it a shot, see what's going on. So I came train with, with Wayne for two weeks, went to Eastern Invitational. I did great. Um, I had no idea how the college circuit works, by the way. You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm there in July thinking maybe I can get a scholarship for, for August, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's not going to happen. But there's all these schools that, you know, Quinnipiac, Delaware State, I think Western Michigan, they were like, man, we really like you. We'd, we'd actually give you a scholarship, but you're going to have to walk on for a year. You know, mm-hmm. these are like $40,000, $50,000 a year schools. Right. And um, it was just, that just wasn't possible. So uh, one of the coaches was like, hey, listen, man, I was, uh, you know, I was a coach and I played up at this school in upstate New York. He's like, you'll play, you know, you can't, you can't get a full ride because it's just not, you know, we, we can't give you a full ride, but you'll play and you can get some money and stuff. And literally I came back August 3rd, um, you know, decided like I'm going to go to the U.S. By September 11th, I got all the paperwork. I was flying out and, you know, interesting. So we talked about this yeah. September 11th, 2001. Yeah. You know, my plane was supposed to land 20 minutes after the towers got hit. Yeah. So I ended up having a landing, you know, we ran out of fuel, landed in Nova Scotia, stayed there for a week in a military camp, then went up to college. So wow. that's kind of like the short, there, there's, I mean, yeah. every I mean, one of those. I mean, just you coming into America with that, at that moment, like that's really symbolic, you know. It, it was, yeah, it, it was definitely a crazy, uh, crazy time, crazy transition. Um, and I don't know, it's, 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 it's interesting to, you know, to look back or to, to reflect back, to always see that every one of the struggles and every part of the resistance made, you know, gave me lessons and made me right. better and made me stronger. So I, I think that's, you know, I always share that because your scars, whether, you know, physical, emotional, whatever, 
are the foundations of what you build on. You know, yeah. I think a lot of times people hide those things. And for me, I did for a long time. I didn't want to share, you know, that part of like, man, I was in organized crime and I was doing all these different things. But then I started realizing that, man, there's so many, you know, cause I started speaking a lot of uh, inner city schools and, and doing, you know, we're about to start a scholarship for youth program uh, that helps kids. And, and when I started sharing the story, so many yeah. more people came and talked to me about it because right. now they're like, oh man, you, you understand where I'm coming from. Like you, you get it. And so that started becoming like, hey, I should share more of my story because people will connect and people will understand better yeah. versus I think a lot of people do that. You know, they kind of hide the, mm -hmm. the nasty parts, right, yeah. you know, the, okay. the scary and the, 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 the things that are, oh man, I'm going to get judged. I'm going to get persecuted. I'm going to get, you know, but the truth is, is like when we overcome that, we just become better, we become stronger. Right. And, and we can connect with others as well. So absolutely, man. I mean, I felt the exact same way. I didn't want people to know about where I came from, even the review that we had this week, you know, like to, to share kind of my experience, things that I went through, even as a kid, that really, it, it gives people permission to, to really know you, right. It gives people permission to also open up and share the things that they're struggling with. You know, I think that's incredibly valuable, man. And, um, you know, especially kids, like if you can't see it, you can't be it. Right? right. So for them to see that example with you, like, you know, like a lot of people don't realize you're uh, in many ways a product of your environment. It's like you didn't come out of the womb like, you know what, organized crimes for me, <laughs> you know, and it's really just a situation where like you're coming from war torn environment. Like what options do you have? You know, and many kids like, in their own ways, they're in a war torn environment. You know, it's just a different kind of war. And so having those examples and like seeing your like complete 180 um, and bringing that value now to people's lives, like, man, you're really impacting a lot of people. I think it's incredible. So let's shift gears now. Let's talk about, you know, I opened the show talking about how there's more gyms than ever. There's more diet books than ever, but we're sicker than ever. Like we're struggling more with our, with our physical health more than ever. So what, why do you think that is? Like, what are, I mean, and this is a big question. This is a big question. And um, you know what, it, it, there's no one, cause I don't want to be the guy that's like, well, there's this one thing, yeah. right? But, but, but I do want to shine a light on some stuff that I think people are very, that don't, they don't know. Okay, so, and, and you know, don't quote me directly on this cause I read so many studies that they're not all in my head completely, <laughs> completely right, uh, structured out. But in the last, I think since 97, since 97, the increase, and gym memberships in the, in the U.S. have been 65%. And m men train 100% or 100% more active than it used to be. Mm -hmm. And women are about 50, 60% more active than it used to mm -hmm. be. Right? That, those are pretty serious numbers, yeah. right? But when you look at that, obesity has gone right up with it. Cardiovascular health has gone right down. Mental health has gone right down. So we, we, by these statistics, we know that just being more active is, is not the solution, right? We're actually more active in the U.S., we're more active than pretty much every country in the world. And if you look at like Japan has like insanely low activity in the US only 41% of people are not active. While in Japan it's something like 80% or something yeah. like that. But their obesity is 5% and ours is like 31 or 32 or something like that, right? 33. And you look at other countries like Norway, it's very similar. You see this similar thing where now you start going like, okay, there's countries that are less active than we are but they're healthier, right? They have lower obesity rates, they're healthier mm -hmm. in every single way. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that, that comes across, there's two things that I like to mention, but the first one is the one I don't think that most people really think about is that, 
you know, we've had this over-exaggeration with, you know, it's, it's kind of like an overreaction to the previous thing. So it went from bodybuilding to functional training to now we're in this era of, you know, high intensity, like everything's high intensity. We got to crush, we got to go, we got to go, right? And, but even though that there's all this high intensity training and people are more active than ever, there's no results. But, and why is that? Well, and one of the things is that is, is, I, is recovery. And the mm -hmm. whole recovery part is a lot of different things. Obviously it's sleep. It's mental stress. Um, it's also, you know, how do we, training is, is, you know, there's different types of training. There's aerobic training that's like lower intensity. There's, you know, super high CNS intense stuff like lifting weights, like sprints, like, you know, power, you know, Olympic lifting and things like that. There's bodybuilding that's somewhere in between, right? There's, so there's different intensities that you can apply and people don't understand this that well. So even though, you know, you're like, well, but I'm only doing three, four days a week of X, Y, Z. Why am I not seeing results? So why is this happening? Why is that happening? But you look at our lifestyles and, you know, our stress is higher than ever, right? Mm -hmm. And stress is such a big impact, has a, such a big impact on, um, put it this way, on whether we're anxious. You know, ang if you're anxious, it can prevent you from sleeping. You don't sleep well. You don't recover as good, right? right? And the cycle goes on. And so when we look at that, Number one is to ask ourselves, you know, is the solution? And of course, I'm, I'm in fitness, so I'm the first person to go like, hey, you know, if you're not doing anything, become active and start training. Absolutely. But there's this whole other segment, I would say, of the uh, equation that people are not addressing, and that's recovery. And, um, you know, I know on, on your show, you've had everything from, you know, from meditation and from, you know, how to, how to recover. I mean, obviously nutrition is part of recovering. Stress relief is part of recovering. Environments and relationships are part of recovering. I mean, all these different things. But I think that creating awareness around it is very, very important that more is not better. And we've, we've proven that. And, you know, all the research shows that like our body has a finite uh, amount of metabolism that it can build up to. So there's only so many calories that you can burn, right? Period. Like just be, if you do 10,000 steps, 30,000 steps a day isn't necessarily better, right? If you do one workout, it doesn't mean your second workout is going to allow you to eat, you know, that much more amount of food because we hit a limit. And if you look at how the, everything is about energy, essentially to our brain, right? Everything's about energy and our, and our brain distributes energy in different ways. One is for us to live. So we're talking about, you know, resting metabolic rate, like your lungs to function, your digestive system to function, your brain to function, right? And that's where energy goes first. Mm. Then the second part is activity. So when you're training, when you're, you know, when you're moving around, but also stress, stress has a huge amount of energy that it allocates to. Only third, only third, once, once that's been covered, only third is the brain going to go like, all right, here's, here's this energy to, you know, rebuild mitochondria, to build muscle, to, uh, you know, put glycogen stores back and stuff like that. So if we're using all of the energy in the activity and like stress region, you never have enough to actually rebuild your body, mm. right? And I think that's such an important factor for people to realize mm -hmm. that, you know, if you're having a 14 hour day job, you got three kids, you're sleeping five hours and they're eh, so, so your nutrition's not on point. Like training more, being more active is not gonna help you. And yeah. it comes back to that puzzle piece that we talked about, right? Which is, you know, what's, what's the missing puzzle piece? You know, mm -hmm. I've had guys right, that yeah. are high level CEOs and, they're like, man, I'm going five days a week and I'm doing this and that. Like I'm more beat up. I'm hurt. This is hurting. Mm -hmm. We dropped them down to two, two days a week at the beginning. And they like, they wanted to argue with me and like lose their minds. So I'd bring them in another two days a week just to do mobility stuff and just like move around a little bit and get them sweating. Yeah. And in the next, you know, eight weeks, like things changed so much. It's like, how is this possible?
But it's because like, you know, there's stimulus and then there's recovery and there's stimulus and there's recovery. And if there's not enough recovery, the stimulus is going to just wear stuff out, period. And so I, I think that's one of the, one of the big reasons that's, yeah. that's proven and, and backed up by a lot of data. I think the second one is what I'm insanely passionate about sharing, you know, every time I speak, every time I get on somewhere, and that is the part of, you know, behavior change. And to, to give you an example, right? Like if we sit here and you say, okay, Luca, well, here's one of the things I want to achieve. I want to, you know, get stronger in my deadlift and I want to get a little bit leaner and so on and so forth, right? And I presented all the, the best program in the world, the best nutrition. And I said, here you go, Sean, here it is, right? I'll check in with you in 12 weeks. And in 12 weeks, I check in with you and like you maybe did it 30, 40% of the time, mm-hmm. right? But the best pro, like scientifically proven, the best program was right there in front of you. How come you didn't do it, right? And that's taking, so you, you say, you know, it's, there's information and then we want to take the information to integration and then the integration creates the transformation, right? And behavior change is the key in helping you do the things that you know you need to do, yeah. right? Because every, right now, every single person in the world, if, if you ask them, say, hey, listen, what do you want to achieve? Ah, you know, I want to I lose 30 pounds and get healthier and, and move better and stuff like that. Okay, what's what's one of the things that you you believe that you should do right now that could help you out? What's what's one thing that you for sure think? Well, I could definitely, and they'd list a couple, right? Mm-hmm. Now, okay, like what's stopping them? So they already know the next step. They don't know all the steps. They know the next step though, right? In nutrition, the person says, well, I got to start drinking more water and, and eating less processed food. They know the next step. Mm-hmm. Why don't they do it, right? And that's a very deep, we could go down yeah. a rabbit hole yeah. of that, right? Um and we can touch on that for sure in the yeah, show yeah, if, if you yeah. like to. Um, but to me, that see, that's where the magic is because the best program in the world done 50% of the time doesn't get the results of, you know, a pretty damn good program done 80 to 90% of the time. Yeah. And that process for anything that you, like any information that you put out, like for, you know, nutrition, for supplements, for mobility, for movement, for training, for cardio, for mindset, for anything, there the person has to do it. Right, and and that's where the glitch is, and that's why I believe the future of coaching and fitness um, lies in coaches understanding change psychology and behavior change at really deep levels, and how to implement it with with clients, because it's becoming. You know, some people will say, "Well, that's not your wheelhouse," but I'm absolutely. It's everybody, every coach, it's every coach's wheelhouse to understand these things. Why? Because our goal is to help people transform for good. So if that's not in my wheelhouse, I'm doing my client a disservice. Yeah. By not understanding it, because I'm basically like, oh, I, I get this, I get that, but what's the bridge? Yeah, and like, exactly. what's what's the bridging the gap, right? Man, you know, I'm thinking about. See, this is why it's the fitness business, you know, fitness industry, and why there's this revolving door. And I don't think it's necessarily purposeful. It just wasn't taught. Like we're creating dependency, you know, like for the trainer to continuously, you know, have to step in and try to get you to do the right thing. Then you disappear. Then you do it all over again versus actually helping people with the psychology because you just laid it out there. It's like, we know what to do. Everybody knows the basics and like, you know, what's two or three things that you can do to be healthier, to be more fit, but it's the actual doing part, right? So we're going to actually circle back. I want to talk about, uh, you know, the the stuff that actually really matters with the behavior change. But first I want to ask you about, just to give something for people that's really tangible, Mm -hmm. right? 
What's one thing, just one daily habit that people can implement to help to improve their recovery, to help to improve their performance, to help to improve their health? Just one for you, one daily habit that people so can implement. One of the things, I mean, you could go a lot of different places, but but I think that one of the things that, that's missing that would be humongously beneficial for everybody is uh, just call, let's, let's call it, um, for instance, when you, when you brush your teeth, right, you call it health hygiene. I mean, uh, dental hygiene, right? But I, I would say, let's call it joint hygiene or movement hygiene, right? So it's a daily movement practice. Mm. Um, mm. And what I mean by that, now I, I do this every morning and I try to get a lot of our clients and, uh, you know, uh, whether online or offline to start doing this. And, and sometimes it takes a little bit, but when they do, it's just like, oh, the biggest game changer. Now, yeah. why? why? You know, there, now there's so many reasons for, for why to do this, but think of it this way. When you wake up, you know, we're, we're sitting a lot of the time. Our postures yeah. are worse than they've ever been uh, because of the 21st century computers, TV, sitting, things of that nature. So, you know, when you wake up, imagine, you know, and I, I hate to go back to the, the, the car analogy, but like if your axle is bent and you keep driving on it, what's going to happen, right? The, the car is going to break down faster. So if you're out of alignment and if your joints like are not functioning well, as soon as you wake up, everything that you do that day, right? is going to be basically on a dysfunctional foundation. Mm -hmm. So if you spent five, maybe 10 minutes in the morning just working on movement and, you know, some people call the mobility flow. Some people call it mobility. Um, you, you can give it whatever name. I think mobility is a great name mm -hmm. uh, because mobility essentially means, you know, everybody knows flexibility. Flexibility is like where, you know, how far can I stretch my muscle essentially? But mobility is like, a how can I control that movement through its full range of motion? Mm -hmm. Just because I can, you know, kick my leg up as as high as possible right now, mm -hmm. doesn't mean that I can bring it up slowly and then hold it there, mm -hmm. right? And that's a passive and active uh, difference between my range of motion. And so imagine that, you know, if a person wakes up and they're tight in the hips and they're doing some mobility for their hips and their shoulders and their upper back, their thoracic spine, which is for most people very rounded and tight. You've started the day with creating quality foundation for your joints, right? And that's a game changer. Now, apart from that, what happens? You're starting to move. You know, dopamine, uh, dopamine and norepinephrine, like, get nice and aligned. So your, your brain starts getting more alert, right? We can, look, like, even things, smaller things like that, you're in a better mood. You're more ready to learn. So from, in, in the book Spark, it talks about how, you know, you're able to take in more information and, and uh, I would say, cognitively, you're, you're thinking better after just five, 10, even 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And so why not start the day something that makes your joints feel better, your body feel better, it makes you more alert, and it creates a better foundation for you to go through it through the rest of the day. Now, the, the cool thing about it is if you did that just four or five days a week, for instance, right? How soon could you start uh, getting rid of some of the nagging injuries that most people have? Right. And I mean, we eight out of 10 people that come into our, our, our gym have something going on. Nagging shoulder pain, low back pain. I mean, at any point in time, statistics show that 82% of Americans have had low back pain, right? right? So, and, and those things are usually happening because of some things like tight hips, no core activation, like no upper back extension and so on and so forth, right? I mean, there's a number of different things. All those things can be addressed in a morning ritual that's five to 10 minutes. Now, obviously this is something that you can do before warmups when you're training as well, but why not do it early in the morning? Like, 
put it this way. The ROI is the return on investment for five to 10 minutes of your time in the morning. And, you know, you could do like, I'll do it while I'm listening to, you know, a podcast or audio book or something like that. Some, some doubling up, but mm-hmm. it, the, the ROI is so massive that if somebody did it for five days, you know, instantly it's like, I can't believe I haven't done this my whole life. Right. Right. And it, and it just makes sense from a, from a standpoint of, you know, where we are right now as, as, as humans in the 21st century. And we have to, you know, kind of like reverse engineer to getting back to a better place with, with our bodies and our joint health and everything else. Yeah, man, that's powerful. So you said, is it movement hygiene or mobility hygiene? I, I would call it movement hygiene. Um, I love that. Because I, I thought, you know, it's, this, is, this is a, a great example, right? So, um, one time at a dentist, you know, the, the, the dentist said, hey, you don't have to floss. And I was like, huh? What? I, I, I kind of didn't get it. And I was like, all right, there's a dot, dot, dot to this. You know, and, and she was like, no, you, you, don't have to, you don't have to floss if you don't eat, right? Mm. <laughs> so it's pretty much like, okay, you, yeah. you, know, you floss because you eat because you're trying to get the food out of your teeth, yeah. right? Same thing. Like, hey, listen, you don't have to move like if you don't sit. You know what I mean? Mm. But we sit every day, right? right. We, we're mobile every day. And the thing is, sitting is not even bad. Like people have made sitting to be like this horrible thing. The truth, we've been sitting for hundreds of years, right. longer, right? Yeah, thousands. But it's exactly, it's, it, the problem is that we sit, but then we don't move. Yeah, Right, exactly. so the more you yeah. sit, the more you should move. Like that's, yeah. it's kind of like the flossing thing, right? But I always think about like, you know, I think that for, for brushing your teeth, everybody is like, oh, of course you got to brush your teeth. But I want to kind of bring some awareness to things like move, you know, movement hygiene or sleep hygiene, right? Which I mean, you've you've addressed that obviously mm-hmm. with your with your with your great book. It's like you got to think about it the same way. Yeah. But the foundation of the human body is movement. Like that's it. Like if you know what I mean. If you cannot move, you cannot live. You, we can't do anything, right. and we can we don't invest any time and energy into it. Um, you know, and even with the gym and the training, like most of the time, like people just come in and it's just like, all right, let's go. Now think about it, right? Whatever you're doing, if your joint health is not good, you're going to build strength on dysfunction, right? Which for a while might, might be fine, but then at a certain point in time, that's going to break down. Right. And we yeah, you just said something too about, so when it boils down to, if you look at biology and life itself, because it's kind of difficult to define what life is. But if we're talking about strictly from a biological perspective, life is movement. That's when life ceases is when movement ceases, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's just like, we're acting more dead today, right? We're acting like we're practicing to die, (laughs) you know? And essentially, and again, sitting is not the problem. It's the fact, it's the habitual sitting and non-movement, right? That go together. And, you know, this is a great, you know, this is the timing. I wanted to have you on the show for this reason. And it's so funny, you know, this movement hygiene is something like just a few days ago, prior to us, I mean, this was prior to us, um, you know, getting this show on the on the schedule. I told my wife, I was like, every day I'm working out twice, right? And it just sounded crazy. It sounds crazy for me to say it because it's just, for me, it's just, I'm like, what are the things that are most effective? And I'm very much about recovery and all those things. But that movement for me, framing it as like, I'm actually training, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, you got to frame it in a way that works for you. It works for you. Absolutely, and so yeah. for me, every day having this movement practice is so important because I got caught up, man, myself personally. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big, um, 
provider and teacher for a lot of people, but none of us are perfect. And it was on a recent trip when I just saw you in LA and I'm going back and forth, got these different events, you know, got this media thing over here. And as you know, in LA, you could be in the car a lot. So I was on planes and then just immediately like, and then at the end of the day, I'm just toast. And then sitting in the car in traffic and like, I was out of sorts, man. Like my body does not like to be stagnant like that. And so I start to have a little issues with my SI joint. When I got back after another flight and then another like recovery day and then, you know, more media. And I made it a dedication, like no matter what, like I gotta, I gotta, I'm gonna have to get out that car. I gotta take care of myself, you know, if it's, and, I, and it's not even like I gotta pull over the side of the road and do some Jenga on the side of the road, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's more like, you know, building it into the schedule, right? Like, okay, when I get here, then I'm gonna do this first, right? Kind of get myself unglued and organized once I get off the plane, for example. It's a, it's a skill set. I mean, number one, right? Like everything that we talk about, you know, I think part of the issue is that some, you know, people talk about willpower too much. It's not about willpower, it's about skill power, right? It's about skill sets that we build. And so, you know, doing that becomes a skill set. Like as you do it often enough, you realize how important it is and becomes a skill. So even if you have a long day and you've been working for 16 hours, for me, I'm like, man, I, I gotta get my five to 10 minutes at least of, of you know, loosening up and like working on my mobility drills and like what's stiff right now, right? And as anything, as you do it long enough, you obviously, you know, it becomes more ingrained neurologically and becomes part of us, right? But, you know, I had a, um, you know, to go back to, you know, how, how it started for me, like about six and a half, six and a half, seven years ago, I had a horrible back injury uh, for more nerve entrapment. My leg didn't function. I mean, they were talking about surgery. It was really, I mean, really bad. We we're talking about months, could barely walk and, you know, slept on the floor, couldn't sleep, but tried to. And I mean, just bad, 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 right? All over. And, um, you know, after that, that whole rehab was very, very uh, grueling and tiresome, but I didn't want to, you know, go under the knife and I rehabbed it basically pretty much 100%. But if, you know, if you took MRI of my back, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty, you know, shady, um, but, but, but I, but I function perfectly fine. I can lift heavy, all these great things. Now here's the kicker, right? You said, you said this, once someone flights a lot, once I'm in a car a lot, uh, you know, things that like busy, 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 not hydrating enough. The times where I get injured or when I, you know, have something tweak is always, I can look back and go like, there we go. Three, four days. I didn't do my mobility drills. Um, no, now is that the only factor? No, but, right. but for sure, it's like it, it's what keeps me healthy. And, you know, people are always saying, man, like, how have you been able to do that? And it's like the little things every day, you know, that, that make the, that create the big outcomes, like small hinges, you know, kind of swing big doors. That's, that's kind of my, my thought process. So you don't have to do hour and a half of, you know, this elaborate flexibility, mobility training every, you know, once or twice a week. But it's like, if you can start building it into your day, five to 10 minutes and start, cause the thing is like when people do it, they go like, wow, I feel so much better, right? Mm -hmm. That obviously your brain goes dopamine. I do this, I get this, right? Do it enough. All of a sudden now you're looking forward to the result of it. You're not even, yeah, okay. It's not going to be as fun doing the drills, but it's like, man, I, I can't wait to get the result from that. And I think that that really is one of the best things that people can do. And of course, you know, I hate to be the person that's like the number one thing, the number one food that, right? Mm -hmm. um, but for the people that we see that that start doing that, it makes a significant difference in their lives in every way. I mean, one, it's just, it starts your day in a, you know, if, if you can plan it into your morning, what ends up happening is people get up a little bit earlier, they do that. You know, I always tell, if you got kids, 
do that before the kids get up because you'll be in a better mood. So you won't be, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll have better energy. You won't be as cranky and so on and so forth. But, but also it's like what people end up seeing is that, you know, adding those little five to 10 minutes up over time, when they go to their regular training session, they're like, wow, like some of the stuff that was bugging me before now I'm not like, I'm not having issues with it. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, you do that six days a week. That's, that's an hour a week that you ended up adding, right? That's four hours a month and so on and so forth. At the end of the year, you have much better joint health, right? Let's talk about a couple of those, you know, like what are some, as far as like movement flossing, basically, mm -hmm. uh, like one, no, two or three of these mobility exercises or drills that people should be uh, implementing ideally. Okay, so... It's, I mean, I, I, this is where I'd love to just jump out of my chair and just do a whole bunch of And flows. we could even put, we'll uh, put some links in the show notes yeah, for people. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, because there's a couple of videos I have that I literally go through, you know, 33 different ones and, and people can pick and choose. Um, you know, the two, I think two of the things that are really important to focus on are obviously the hips and upper back. Yeah. And when I talk about these things, it's important to think about stiffness, you know, because people think stiffness is a bad thing, but there's good stiffness and bad stiffness, right? You got stiffness in the core is good right? Stiffness in the hips, maybe not so good. So loosening up the hips is for sure a great thing. And, and so, all right, uh, this is actually a kind of a drill that combines flexibility and breathing. But imagine a lunge position, but like a Bulgarian split squat where you put your back foot onto either a bench or, you know, a chair Surface. or something elevated. Elevated, yeah. Your knee can be on a pad and then a the front foot is pretty much in a lunge position. So in that position, when you squeeze your glutes, it's going to align your pelvis, right? Because a lot of people are anteriorly tilted, have tight hips. So when you squeeze your glutes, you're going to align your pelvis. Now you, you can engage your core. The, the key is just to stay really tall. So I always say like, think like somebody's pulling you by a string mm -hmm. on the crown of your head, right? So your spine gets nice and tall. Now, most people will hold that for time. What I like to do is have people do full exhalations and full inhalation. Now, the reason why is because when you fully exhale, right? When I breathe out until there's no more air in, in my stomach, what it's doing is like it's, it's bringing my rib cage down and actually it's activating my rectus abdominis external obliques like the core muscles without me thinking about it. Mm -hmm. The other thing it does because it puts my pelvis in a, a neutral position, it actually stretches my hip out the way it's supposed to. Because people do stretches sometimes and they go like, oh, I'm in this position, like I feel it, but they're actually not stretching, right? So their hips might be back. And so I just go, go for five full breaths, exhale fully through the mouth and then inhale fully through the nose into the diaphragm. So there's a couple of things we're doing there. Like we're stretching the hips, but we're all also working the core. So we're getting rid of some of the bad stiffness and we're creating some good stiffness, mm. right? And if somebody did that two, three times throughout the day and they have issues with their low back, I mean, th there's a really good chance you're gonna start feeling quite a bit better. Cause what are we doing? We're activating glutes, good stiffness, activating core, good stiffness, releasing the hip flexor, which is bad stiffness in this case. And then if you can make it a little bit better, you can reach up and over to get a little extra stretch. And that like that is a great, great, mm -hmm. great, um, I would say drill. Um, another one is a, a windmill for the upper back, which is essentially you just, you're lying on your side with mm -hmm. one knee bent kind of across. So you'd be, you'd be like this on the floor mm -hmm. and then you reach and you do a windmill. All okay, the way. so you're lying on your side your body is all, just everything is on top of each other with, or do you Correct. move your leg? Yeah, so you, you move, so imagine you're lying to the side, you're on top mm -hmm. of each other, but this knee will come up 
Okay. And then kind of so the, fall. The, the leg that's not on the ground is going to come up. Correct. And, and over. And over. And just kind of like lean there. Uh -huh. If you can put it on a foam roller, even better. Mm -hmm. You don't have to. So you're looking to the side and you reach out, right? And then you imagine you're trying to put the thumb on the floor and look at it. So this is the, the arm that is not touching the floor. Correct. The arm that not, that's not touching the floor is like going up and across and you're looking at. So we're working neck mobility and upper back mobility. Right. And same thing, you're exhaling as you come across and then you just come back. Mm -hmm. And like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll put some videos in there for drills yeah. um, because and why are we doing that? Because one of the stiffest things is our upper back. Like basically because we stay here, we're locked into flexion. Right. And but we want to we want to train that extension and rotation. Right. So our low back is very if, if you if you look at how our vertebrae are put to together, our lumbar spine only has about three degrees of rotation. Yes. But our little. upper back, thoracic, has 11. So that means that anatomically we're built to rotate through the upper back and not the low back. So if you have tight hips, if you have a tight upper back, guess where you're going to start rotating from when you throw punches, mm. when you kick a soccer ball, when you're doing yeah. playing tennis, you know, th throwing a pitch with your son. Low like back. Your lower back, mm. right? And that's exactly where you're going to start getting pain, tension, and that's how like discs get blown out, right? Like, it's like a, you know, the best analogy, I think, for, for, for spinal um, injuries is like this. Give me a credit card. We'll start doing this. It'll be fine until 1,001. Whap, right? So when you create a lot of flexion, extension, and rotation in the spine, something's going to give and you get disc bulges and disc herniations and things like that. So this is another way, you know, the, the things that I'm talking about, like morning mobility rituals and doing them with intent. This is another thing that's really mm -hmm. important. Because you'll see, you know, now on the internet, you get a lot of like, oh, here's this flow and people are just doing it. I'm very big on coaching, on intent, not, not just doing it, but how you do it, right? Really coaching things on, on, on the sense of, hey, fully exhale, exhale here, you know, create tension. And so people feel and understand what's going on. I'd rather, you know, somebody do three or four exercises and do them really well than do, you know, 12 and it looks cool on camera, yeah. but really we're not, you know, we're, we might be even reinforcing bad movement. Right. And so that's the key is it's just like anything in life. Right. It's not just what you do it's how you do it. Absolutely. And yeah. I think that with fitness, building a solid foundation and with movements, building a solid foundation is more about, you know, how you do it. And, and you know, with, it comes along the same thing with nutrition. Like people sometimes want the most complex strategy. And, you know, it's like, hey, listen, make sure you get 30, 40 grams of protein with every meal. Right. But it's like and get really good at that. And I was like, oh, no, I, can you give me like some carb cycling stuff? Like, no, just get really good at this, right? Mm -hmm. And then when they do it and they own it, like they see very good results. So I think that that's very, very important when you do these drills, picking two or three and, and just getting good at them. And to, to kind of, I'm going to loop it back a little bit. Um, and hopefully this helps out a lot because think about this. And the, the studies show, right? Studies show that if you try to change more than three habits at once, right? the success rate is only about 5%. So, you know, if, if, if you're a betting man in Vegas, like you're not betting on that, <laughs> yeah. period, right? Two habits or more, I think is in a 30% range, but one is like 85%, right? So if you, if you know these statistics, and this is over, you know, studies done across a long period of time, um, backed up by a ton of science, right? And like, if that's the case, why would you t try to take on too much? And this is what happens with every New Year's resolution, right? People are like, well, you know what? This year I'm going to go all in. So they're going to do six workouts a week. They're going to go on a low carb diet. They're going to do the detox. They're going to do this, that, and the other. Like that's a thousand changes at once, legitimately, right? 
So why not pull it back, right? Why not do less and succeed? Because mm. part of, part of you know, when we talk about behavior changes, you know what it is? It's people feeling confident. How do you build confidence? You win. So if I give you something to do and it's massively complex and you fail, like you feel like a failure. And then the next time I'm around, like, okay, let's try it. Let's try harder this time, right? More willpower. And we give it to you, do it again. And you just don't have the skill set yet. So you keep failing and you, you start feeling like a failure. But you're not a failure. You're just taking on too much, too fast. Mm -hmm. So my goal for people is to take on stuff. Let's, let's, get, let's get some wins in. Because once you get in wins, guess you start going like, man, I did that. Awesome. Yeah. You know, that, great. Let's build on that. After a while, they start feeling confident. Like, man, I can do this. And then you can give them more. But once again, if the science, like people think that like going to sleep earlier is one habit and you're crazy. Yeah, like, because exactly. Cause now you got to stop watching TV earlier. You got to change your dinner with the kids earlier. You got to blah, blah, blah. That's like 11 yeah. habits, right? So yeah. it's not going to take, you know, um, what they say, 21 days. I mean, they're saying, it, you know, and, and I think you have Michael Hyde on his show talking about like the average um, habit change takes about 67 days and up to 100, 250 days yeah. based on the complexity of it. So, you know, why give people something that they're going to fail at, right? Mm -hmm. if, if we go into the gym and I say, listen, Sean, let's, uh, let's get you to lift these 600 pounds off the floor. Excuse Man, me. Man, like what? <laughs> like right now I can't, all right, go for it, go for it. You know what I mean? And like, you can have all the willpower in the world. You're not going to get it up, right? And so if I keep giving you that to do, you're not going to be successful because you're going to start beating yourself up going like, man, I just can't Maybe 550. Maybe yeah. 550. That's why I say 600. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, that's a big part of all of these things, right? Same thing with somebody watches the video of somebody that's incredible, incredible mover, right? People go like, man, I see you do mobility drills and like you can do crazy stuff. And I'm like, okay, start here. Oh, yeah. but I want to do what you do. Absolutely. Right. You can do that. But start, start here, here, yeah, right. Because it, when man. they do it, they're like, "Oh, successful." You know what I like people to say? Oh, that's too easy. I'm like, "Great." Then you'll have no problem doing it for the next two. Come weeks. on, man. That's <laughs> what I'm talking. You, you know see, I mean? this goes back to what we started with with the behavior change. This is like gold right here, which you're sharing with everybody. Straight up gold. So for folks who are in the business of helping other people, please keep this in mind. And for everybody, please give yourself permission to do that thing that's too easy right? Get that win under your belt. And by the way, speaking of uh, <laughs> what you talked about earlier with, you know, it's, it's a difference with doing something and actually doing it right, mm -hmm. right? There's, it's not just what you do, but how you do it, right? So everybody poops, man. We got to talk about this really quickly. It's not just what you do, it's how you do it. And we were talking before the show about the squatty party. Yes. And it's just like, there's life before squatty party and life, life after, after squatty, squatty party. party. And so do you have the travel squatty? I do not have the travel squatty. I have the bamboo special edition squatty. All right. Now, I was going to actually ask you before the show, is there a travel squatty? Like how efficient listen, man, is it? Done. Listen, I'm going to get you one cent today. It's my gift to you, the Travel Squatty. You're man. the most well-traveled man I know. You got to have one. <laughs> I travel with it, man. And so if people are wondering what this is, so um, one of our big issues, again, with movement, again, with human design, is we're seeing this huge uh, increase in um, uh, diverticulosis, mm -hmm. hemorrhoids, um, prolapse, you know, organs getting pushed out of place, constipation, colon cancer, which is directly linked to constipation. You know, it's like a 30 percent increase 
And it's a lot of it's due to trying, pushing, straining on a conventional toilet when humans are designed, just like if somebody's going camping and they got to poop in the woods, like we're designed to get in that position. And when you're not fully in a, uh, a resting squat position, you're, uh, we've got this kind of sling around your colon, this puborectalis muscle, and it's kind of like contracted and it's not fully releasing, allowing you for you to have a complete bowel movement. And so people, a lot of people don't even know what that's like mm-hmm. unless they have like the 7-Eleven uh, nacho with chili and cheese and it's explosive, <laughs> you know. This is from experience, man. I got, I'm gonna share this real quick. So I used to go and get this 7-Eleven nacho with chili and cheese. I would take the chips out in the store of the, because it had the container with the chips in it. I take the chips out, put, chili and cheese on the bottom, then put the chips on, then put a layer, then put more chips on, put a layer. And so I'd be in so much pain the next day, but I, why would I keep eating but it? But you and still so do it. Here's the thing. <laughs> so I started, I was like, I'm smart. I'm gonna give me a white soda, right? The white soda is supposed to settle your stomach according to my mom. And so I'd get this with the seven up, man, still it's like, why would you do something to hurt you? And this is just like, we look for that instant gratification, right? And so anyways, if you're not doing that, I don't recommend it. All right, that's not a model thing to do. Option B, don't do um, it. <laughs> just make sure guys, seriously, this is something that fits right in, slides in and out on your already existing toilet. Um, all the top people in the health and wellness game are utilizing Squatty Potty, recommending Squatty Potty because it puts you in the proper anatomical position. It doesn't make your bathroom look weird or anything like that. And um, because it was weird when we, when I first found out about this, maybe, you know, 10 years ago, it was weird having a cooler that I'd bring into the bathroom and people come in like, you guys got drinks? <laughs> you know, but now having the Squatty Potty is just like total life changer and it can really, really improve your health. So guys, head over to squattypotty.com forward slash model. That's S-Q-U-A-T-T-Y-P-O-T-T-Y.com forward slash model. You get 15% off everything, all the different Squatty Potties. Most of them get free free delivery as well. So please do yourself a favor. I promise you, you're going to be so happy that you did it. Squattypotty.com forward slash model. Now, man, I want to talk to you about, and this is really kind of putting the icing on the cake here. You've got seven different parts to implement into every quality training program. So I want to go through these seven. So okay. let's start with with number one. Okay, so this is uh, it's, it's basically it's called R seven. It's easy to remember, and I, and actually a friend of mine, Mike Robertson, kind of created this phrase, and I love it. Um, and so imagine that, like, even when we do group training and when you do a personal, tra- you know, when you do a, your own training session, you should have some, you should have one of, you should have some of this in there. Now, how much of it? It depends. Maybe you're looking to gain more muscle or work more on speed or whatever, right? So. Imagine if, if, if like your, your training session is like a, a piece of pie, right? Depending on what you're looking to achieve, you're going to have a little bit of a different kind of like slice of pie in there. But number one, the number one R in R7 is called release, right? So that's your soft tissue release. So almost everybody, now how much of that you do, it depends. I, you know, I try to not have people spend more than five, seven, eight minutes on it. But when somebody comes in and trains, like most people are going to be wound up, right? So there's certain things that you want to release, you know, most of the time that's going to be, you know, your quads, glutes, maybe some hamstrings for sure, upper back, lats, like lats are massively tight for most people, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that's your R1 is release. Because one, think about this, you know, to go back to, we talked about at the beginning, recovery and stress. Um, you know, if anybody's read the book, Why Zebras Have Ulcers, which is one of the best books on stress, right? By, by Sapolsky. And, you know, when, when back in the day, like zebras, for instance, right? They'd like, whenever, whenever you have threat coming. So right now, if, you know, a lion came into this, you know, to the mm-hmm. studio, 
Like there's certain things that would happen to you. Like your heart rate would shoot up, your blood pressure would shoot up. You'd actually become more extended, mm-hmm. right? Your body would become more extended and your muscles would, would tone up. It would restrict your range of motion, but it would get you ready to fight or flight, essentially right. to run as fast as possible or, or to fight. Unless you're DJ Khaled. Unless you're then DJ. you see the lion, lion, yes. <laughs> Another one, you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's, and, and, and so in that case, you know, and it's, it, we were, it was made for survival, which is great, right? But think about it, like when the zebra stops running, running from the lion, if, she, yeah. you know, if it survives, she's chilling with other zebras, it's like, life is good, mm-hmm. stress comes down. Right. Like humans, because of, you know, because we're so conscious, like we now can, we worry about everything, right? So we worry about, the kids and this and that and the other. So we can, we're constantly in this fight or flight mode, which puts us into, I would say like in that whole uh, high heart rate, you know, nervous system, CNS is cranked up fight or flight. So you got people coming in from work, you know, you're training, yeah. they're extended, their lats are on. They, they look like, even if they're not training, they look like they're posing, right? Mm. Like, you know, breath is short. <sighs> they're not breathing normal. So what do we want to do? R1, we're going to release some of that tension in certain muscles. R2 is called a reset. Now, reset, there's two things we want to do in a reset. One, we want to get joints in good positions, right? Aligned. Number two, we want to get the nervous system brought down from that fight or flight to like more, more neutral, right? To rest and digest. And like, that's why that drill that I mentioned earlier, that was a great drill for like when you're resetting. Mm-hmm. So stretching the hip flexor and breathing out fully because we want to put our body in the best position to train because if you come in and you're completely, you know, I would say uh, in fight or flight, all tensed up, you don't have ranges of motion. And now we put you into, you know, training. That might not be the best scenario. That might be a, a faster way to get you, you know, injured. So we got R1. Release R2 is a reset. And, uh, you know, we can we can give some links on different exercises mm-hmm. to reset. There's a lot of different ways. Oh, you can real do quick, that. too. Um, when you talked about the, the zebras and how just kind of the release and the reset and thinking about how we would work in a natural setting, you know, with humans as well, like we would have a, a situation of fight or flight, but then we turn it off. Today, we got this habitual like- it's on all so the time. So about the book too, it was uh, zebras don't get ulcers. I think you said that zebras get ulcers. So zebras don't Why get zebras ulcers. don't get ulcers. Yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it. Okay, all right, yeah. I wanted to make sure I didn't get it wrong. So, and just keep that in mind, you know, this is, it's more than just like, let me hit the gym and put in this 60 minutes. Like that that's leading you down. Again, like we've got all these gyms, we've got all of these uh, new inventions, new gadgets and new training equipment, but- if you don't have these foundational pieces, you're gonna probably hit it. And that's why it's so important to, um, you know, and I'll, I'll throw this in real quick, but like, you know, we teach this thing called the, the success wheel, right? Like where where all these different things that will help you, like the wheel moves you forward towards your transformation, right? And it's everything from better movement of your joints, it's building lean body mass and strength, power, conditioning, but then it's also things like obviously nutrition, mindset, stress, relationships, environment. Right? They're all spokes on that wheel that help you move forward because, hey, maybe you're in a, in a bunch of environments and relationships that stress you the hell out all the time, right? Changing those probably make you eat better, right? Mm, probably make you be less stressed and so on and so forth. So, mm-hmm. you, know, how, you know, how do you help somebody that, that understands a lot of different things but are in environments that are taking them away from their goals? As a coach, I want to address that or, or help people give tools or create awareness that makes them go like, hmm, you know, maybe I should change some of that, right? So, you know, there's a thing, people say awareness precedes change, which is absolutely true. So some of the best things you can do for people is create awareness. But then an assessment 
an assessment creates awareness and then awareness precedes change, right? So all these things, like if, if somebody can become aware of them, that's the first step into helping them change. Absolutely. Right. But to, to get back to, to so our, to we our got three. we're at three now. We're right? at three right now. Yeah. Three is readiness. And readiness is just like, imagine that, um, you know, getting somebody ready for the training session. This is actually where you'd probably do some of the move, uh, movement drills too. But number one, physiologically, you want to get the core temperature up. You want to get somebody ready to train, right? But then you also want to biomechanically get them ready to train. Meaning this is where we do the, hey, we're going to do some sprints. Cool. We probably better open up the hips. We probably better work on some core. We probably better go some, you know, get the nervous system fired up and do some foot fire or high knees or whatever it may be, right? So readiness is where you add some of these drills in that's going to prepare you for the actual training session that you're going to do. So that's our R3. Okay. R4 is reactive. Now, you know, people will always say, well, listen, if my goal is fat loss, why the hell would I need to do anything reactive? So reactive is things like sprints, med ball throws, Olympic lifts, every, anywhere where you're going to be explosive and powerful, right? Now, we do this stuff with 50-year-olds, 60-year-olds, 70-year-olds. And number one, like one out of three people that, that fall after 50 years old breaks their hip. One out of three, right? Which means, and the thing is like when you fall, it's not strength, it's power. Are you catching yourself? Are you reacting, right? Mm -hmm. So if I can help somebody not break their hip after they're 50, number one, that's big. Number two, it also, you know, when you do power drills, it, it, it contracts a lot of muscle fibers, right? Just as much as if you're doing maximal strength training, right? It just has a huge firing rate. So it's going to help, first of all, it's going to help people perform better. It's going to pe help people be able to do more when they're doing their circuits for fat loss, Right. But listen, I, I believe everybody's an athlete. And, you know, what's the cool thing about it is that when you get somebody that's like didn't think about doing that stuff and all of a sudden they're throwing a med ball and smashing it hard into the wall. And like you can see the smile on their face and they're just mm -hmm. like, oh, man, I felt great. Yeah, yeah. And you high five them. And now, now they're, they're like, man, I can do all these things. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's important for athletes, but it's important for general population, too. And reactivity and things like that, because the number one thing we lose with age is actually not strength. It's power. So those are the things that like people, you know. You, you think are not that important, but like, man, catching yourself, defending yourself, sprinting, running, you know, like stepping off of the side of a curb and being able to, you know, the difference between breaking a leg or an ankle or just having a minor sprain. That was a yeah, huge thing. That's crazy, man. You know, just the other day, it's true story. It's probably like two days ago and my back, you know, still getting sorted out from the mm -hmm. travel and all this stuff. So I'm, you know, I'm getting there. My, my son, he decides and he just recovered from his broken leg. Like, oh, now he, he wants to play one-on-one -on -one basketball. And, you know, uh, full disclosure, I'm, I'm never going to let him beat me, you know. <laughs> and so we were playing around a little bit and he started like hitting shots. And usually like, you know, if I'm just doing ba some basic things, like he's not really going to score on me that much. But now it's like looking like, oh man, he might actually win. So I, I like turn up the intensity a little bit. And man, so, you know, I, I come back, I'm scoring some points, doing some things. And this lady who works at the gym, uh, she's about to teach a class in there, I guess. And it's just like so random. She starts putting dumbbells like almost like probably five feet behind the basketball hoop. And I didn't really see him. And so I come down after hitting a layup and I literally step on a dumbbell and like I'm, I'm going down. Like, you know, just forget about it. But because like what you're relaying right now because I felt like I fell so gracefully you know what I'm saying like I fell and slid like I could have I could have turned into a dance move you know what I'm saying <laughs> you and, did the Dwayne Wade <laughs> <laughs> you know and it just like it, this it makes sense because it's just like man like that could have been really messed up but I'm in in many ways like I'm I'm prepared for these random things to happen and uh, I, I'm hearing from you it's training power is one of the things that helps people absolutely I mean yeah. th things like 
you know, what, you know, what is agility, right? Is the change of center of gravity. I mean, you know, and there's, there's different ways that we can improve that, but that all fits into reactive. And we do like, even in our group training, I mean, we put it in there without, it's almost like we sneak it in there. So people work on it, like even in our warmups and things like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, our, our clients become more athletic and they're able to deal with life is so much better, you know, and, and let's be real. Like, look, it's just like nutrition. I think that everything has to, nutrition has to do three things, right? Has to improve body composition, health, and performance. Those like three together, right? If it just does one, then like, what are we really doing? Right. And so same thing with training. I think for most people, like general population that come, like they want, they want to feel better. They want to move better. They want to perform better, right? And look mm-hmm. better as well. So we, we go with that route. Yeah. So, so what's next on the Coming list? back to R5 is resistance. And that's our, our strength training. Yeah. And once again, you know, we talked about the pie, you know, are you an athlete that just wants to get stronger and faster? doesn't want to put on weight because you're in weight category. We're going to change, you know, the way that your resistance training looks like. Somebody wants to put on muscle. Somebody wants to lose weight. It's going to be different. But R5 is resistance. And obviously every program needs, needs that. And that's going to be a pretty good chunk of, of everybody's program. Number six is resilience. And resilience really just means cardio, right? Energy systems training, right? So, you know, we talked about how to, where do you put that? Well, I mean, for most people's training sessions, you're going to put that obviously after the strength training. Uh, once again, there's a lot of different energy systems training um, mm-hmm. that you can do. And most people have cardio all wrong. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, you know, cardio tends to be the thing that people just throw in. Like, oh, we're going to do some cardio. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't track it. They don't measure it. They don't, you know, uh, they don't understand it because there's different. There's there's anaerobic lactic. There's, you know, anaerobic. There's aerobic power. There's different types of energy systems that you can train that, develop different properties that you may want or not want. Now, and some are great. Like for instance, you know, people talked about slow steady state cardio in negative ways in the last years, but it's actually very beneficial for recovery, like very beneficial for recovery. So perfect example, uh, you know, we'll give a cardio, you know, what a cardio workout could be is somebody that's pretty stiff. uh, We'll have them come in for 20, 30 minutes, just put a timer, 20, 30 minutes, give them a sequence of mobility drills and they'll just keep doing those for 20, 30 minutes and they'll get a sweat going. But guess what? In that time frame, that was like really low level cardio, but they'll leave feeling loose and they got some conditioning in, but guess what? It's going to help them recover versus smash them more, right? right? So that's our R6 is resilience. And then the last one is R7 is recovery. Um, and, you know, we talked about how the, the, one of the problems is of people not recovering enough. So even in the gym, what does a person usually do, right? They train, I don't know, they do a finisher and then smash themselves, walk right out the door. So you're in full-blown fight. Because when you're training, you're in fight or flight. Your body's like, man, I'm in fight or flight. I'm fighting for my life, right? The body doesn't know that you're lifting a weight. It's just thinking resistance, sprinting, like that's what it's thinking. Mm-hmm. So when you're done with a training session, most people walk out the door, still in fight or flight, right? Into the car, into traffic, into whatever's going to be going on, right? Well, why not spend three to five minutes doing some like stretches, some breathing drills, some more foam rolling? And that's what we advise and that's what we put into our programs where it's like hey go you know we have a mobility section upstairs go go upstairs do some drills and what ends up happening is more multiple people there end up just like conversing talking relaxing and it brings them into rest and digest and so now we're bringing because the thing is the faster i can help you get into recovery mode the faster you start recovering but if you leave on a high that's not necessarily good because guess what you're not going to be in recovery mode yeah right so that's r7 Release, reset, readiness, reactive, res, uh, resistance, 
resilience and in recovery. Super valuable, man. Uh, listen, this is incredibly, incredibly valuable and informative. And uh, man, just thank you so much for sharing it. You know what? I would love if, you're, because your story is so important, I would love if you would share uh, for everybody, what do you think are three important character traits that you've had to develop personally uh, to be successful in this field? You know, like you, you, you're coming from, you know, another country, you're coming from a situation where you were involved in, you know, some crime. You're coming from a situation where, you know, you're coming to the States and just trying to figure things out. You're coming from a situation where, you know, you eventually found your passion. You're coming from a situation where you open a gym in the country that you came from and then opening a gym here in the U.S. and connecting with all of these, I mean, like some of the most incredible people in the world and developing yourself into being one of them. Three character traits do you think you've had to develop to get you where you are? Uh, that's a tough one, but I, but I think I can knock out these three. I, I would say number one is resilience. I think I think of like one of the greatest virtues in life is resilience. Um, you know, it's it's the thing that takes you from like from pain to strength. You know what I mean? From from uh, I would say challenges to courage. You know, all these and you know resilience truly just means you know taking responsibility for your own life. To be honest with you, but but I think if you're resilient, then you can overcome anything, whether it's physical, emotional pain, all, all of that. And, and if you think about how many people get stopped on the way to, you know, let's just call it, you know, success, but from going from where they, they are to where they want to go, I, resilience is the missing factor to get them there, right? Because at a certain point in time, you, just, you, you stop or you quit or you don't keep going. Um, number two, I would say is, is, is probably curiosity. Mm. Um, and you could say, you know, uh, constant, never-ending improvement, but I'll just call it curiosity because I'm so curious that, like, I, I know more than I've ever known and I feel dumber than I ever have, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, you know, it's almost like every time mm. I take the red pill from Morpheus, you know, and you go down a rabbit hole and you're like, wow, there's so much here, right? And, right. and that curi curiosity keeps me going because, I, I mean, I, I legitimately, um, I mean, I, I study like massive, massive, massive amounts. Like it's, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of mind boggling. And, <laughs> but, it's, but it's the curiosity that drives me, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's not attached to some, I got to know it all because I know I'll never know any, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's, it's such a small speck in the universe, but, but it's almost like a, a childlike, oh man, I want to keep learning. This is so amazing, it's so amazing, right? So I, that would be number two. And number three, um, man, I, I'll say loyalty, but, like loyalty, not just to, sometimes people, you know, take this the wrong way. Loyalty to yourself and your own vision, um, you know, and, and, and then obviously loyalty to your, your family, your teams, your tribe. Um, I think that's so massively important, man, because, you know, I've, I've been through enough to where, you know, I've messed up a lot of stuff in my life. And when you look back, you're like, man, like if you take away relationships and people, right? I'm talking about the people that are closest to you, the right people. Man, if if you take that away, do you really have anything? Like you you, you mm. don't have anything. Like all right. this the stuff that we a lot of times seek, you know, it's so that you can share it. You share experiences, you share things, you share food, you share knowledge, you know, you share like all these different things with people, you know. And to me, loyalty is that. It's like the never forget, never forget who you are, you know, where you come from. Um, never forget like what you're striving for. You know, that's loyalty to your to your own mission and vision. Right. Cause so many times, you know, we like we 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 change um because things get hard, we change the the goal. But it's like, man, 
change the strategy. Don't change yeah. the goal. You know what I mean? Right. Change right. the approach, but don't change the goal. If something's really meaningful for you. So have loyalty to that. And then just all the, like all the right people that surround you. You know what I mean? Like, um, I think that's massively important. Oh man. Super powerful, man. Uh, listen, one final question, man. What is the model that you're here to set with how you live your life personally? Man, that's, that's, a, t- that's a tough question. Okay. I, like, let, let's, let's put it this way. Okay. I, I feel like Life is like, a, like seriously, and I, everybody understand a video game analogy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that life is like a game, and like that, our purpose in life is to to be the, like the best damn player ever. You know what I mean? Like you, to to get the best as a player. So I think that there's different areas of life, and like we're we're always just, you know, working to become a better player at the game, right? For me, obviously, my vehicle is fitness. Now that's almost like the megaphone but once you know once you come in through the door like you understand that like it's all a puzzle piece it's funny that you said that at the beginning right but everybody's got their own puzzle piece that they're building man the the thing that i'm great at is putting the puzzles together because there's a lot of things that help you know so you know for for me like i want to help people put their puzzle pieces together to make their own extraordinary life right even and, and, and like i said my megaphone is fitness but there's a lot of different puzzle pieces to that so hopefully that answered the question. Definitely. I could have been completely off. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. No, no, man. This is uh, just super enlightening, man. I love talking with you. You know, we could do I this wish, for hours, man, you know. Easily. And uh, man, I just really, really respect your your hustle. I respect your non-hustle and the recovery. And I respect the fact that, you know, like you've created something that didn't exist before, man, with your, with your gym and your community, the way that you... Uh, handle your business, man, the way that you teach. It's just all just really refreshing, man. And the first time I met you, I I, I haven't ever told you this, but um, I was asking about a a particular skill set on on something. It might've been with deadlift. And I was talking to like the head guy, you know, trainer on or whatever. He was like, you need to talk to that guy. And he points (laughs) over at you. And it's just like the music like, was like, (laughs) who is this guy you know and you know of course like you were right there to to assist and to answer questions man and uh ever since man we've been cool so thank you so much bro my pleasure man uh can you let everybody know where they can connect with you online and also let them know about your gym oh man uh so my gym is in seattle well it's actually it's in renton it's about 10 minutes from downtown seattle it's called vigoround fitness and performance uh, the site, you can check it out. It's vigorgroundfitness.com. So V-I-G-O-R, ground, G-R-O-U-N-D, fitness.com. And then uh, you can find me on social media, man. I'm on, on Instagram, uh, Luca Hosevar, L-U-K-A-H-O-C-E-V-A-R. That's where I'm the most active. Uh, Vigorground has a Facebook page that's very active. And I put out a ton of videos. So like the mobility stuff, I'm putting out a lot of videos about yeah. that. You can also go on YouTube and just put in my, my name, um, there's a whole channel. There's hundreds of videos there. Some date back 10 years. I started this a long time ago, but, uh, you'll definitely get ideas, but Hey, hit me, hit me up. Like I'd love to, you know, kind of share any, any resources that you might be looking for. Perfect, for sure. man. Appreciate you immensely, bro. My pleasure. Thank you. Everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. Um, you know, I think one of my big takeaways today is this movement hygiene idea. And I don't think it's an accident in the slightest that before 
I talked with Luca about doing this episode. I made that decision like about working out. For me, it's just like, this is an additional workout and I really need this. So even the days that I don't train, lift heavy, that kind of thing, still having my movement practice, you know, my movement workout. And this is different from stretching. Please keep that in mind again. Uh, it's not the same thing. This is really just working on movement, working on your mobility, your ability to to become more physically literate and use your body within space, right? And working on those muscle imbalances because chances are you've got them, all right? I know I definitely still do. I've got some things that I'm working on as well. And it's just that constant, never-ending improvement like Luca talked about. You know, there's always another level. And, um, you know, these things are essential today, especially the amount of time that we spend sitting in chairs, sitting in car seats, uh, sitting at restaurants like we're about to do because uh, I got to get in some good St. Louis <laughs> food. But the bottom line is, you know, we've got to have this, uh, a counterbalance, you know, something to really ensure that we are able to utilize our bodies, this great gift that we have in the way that they're designed to be used. All right. Because no matter where you are right now, you can improve, you can get to another level. And I just want you to keep that in mind. So if you got a lot of value out of this, make sure to share it out on social media. Of course, you could tag me, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. And I'll put Luca's information in the show notes for you as well. We've got some incredible guests and show topics coming up. I can't even, I can't even believe how crazy it's about to get, guys. So make sure to stay tuned. All right. Have a great day. I appreciate you immensely. Take care and I'll talk with you soon. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find all of the show notes. You can find transcriptions, videos for each episode. And if you got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome. And I appreciate that so much. And take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.